Hi, and welcome back to Tell Me What Happened, the podcast that features folks from all walks of life telling us one formative story from their childhood. I'm your host, Jay Rehack, and like you, I've had my share of childhood experiences, some of them great and some of them not so great. But I'd like to think that everything that happened to me as a child has helped make me who I am today. Tell Me What Happened is sponsored by Sidelining Publishing, publishers of quality books, including Susan Salador's classic, One Little Act of Kindness, available on Amazon.com or wherever quality books are sold. Tell Me What Happened is also sponsored by LaughSaver.com. Visit LaughSaver.com and record your laughter. We'll keep it for you, now and forever. It's free, and your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren will appreciate it. That's LaughSaver.com. All right, I have as my guest today a good friend of mine, a former colleague, actually, Ed Zedzik. Ed Zedzik taught history in the Chicago Public Schools and worked on the trading floor of the Chicago Board of Trade. He is a great believer in the power of music and serendipity to change lives. Welcome to the show, Ed. Hi, Jay. Ed, are you ready to tell your story? I am. All right, I'm going to meet myself and listen to it. Great. Well, I'd like to talk about how strange little things can end up affecting a whole life, in this case, my life, and how, uh, how a, a little event can end up impacting all of my adult perspectives on life and, and changing several things. Uh, in this case, the finding of a couple of little things that most people would pass over or even maybe throw out. I come from a, a musical family that always found great joy and uh, even spirituality and connection with music, but also different musical instruments that others might not find uh, particularly enchanting, but I did. And one of those instruments was our harmonica. And my older brother, when he got married and moved out of our house, and that left a whole lot of more room for me. But also he left behind a bunch of his old stuff because he, he was moving into a kind of a small place and needed to find a, uh, a way to move into that without carrying everything else that he owned. And so that left behind for me, one thing was a bunch of his old record albums. And another thing was a couple of old beat up harmonicas that I found. Again, those wouldn't be much to many people. They, they, uh, they're interesting looking. If you ever have seen one, they're kind of small and have some etchings into the metal of them. And so they've, they've got an interesting look, but the ones you left behind were kind of beat up. But I found them, and for some reason, they were, they were very uh, interesting to me. And especially the fact that I could listen to some of these old albums that he had, not real old, but kind of old. They played, uh, I played the music of people like the, uh, the Rolling Stones, John Mayall, and, and the Yardbirds, Paul Butterfield, all these old British blues bands, British rock bands that found their, their roots in American blues music. And interestingly, they seemed to discover it and reintroduce it to a large segment of the young American population. And so I, I was able to listen to some of these albums and hear some of that 
blues music and it just grabbed me and i also noticed that a lot of it had the blues harmonica in it that nobody really plays very much in current day music but at the time there were a number of uh, groups like the rolling stones and others that i mentioned that had this blues harmonica sound in it and i thought i'm gonna i've got a couple here i think i'm gonna try to learn how to play these things and so I started messing around with them, started playing these blues harps, as they're called, just to see what the sound was. And I also walked down to our local record emporium in the neighborhood, uh, where there are just, that, that's something that modern day young people don't have the joy of, and that's looking through the old bargain bin of a record store and finding all sorts of interesting old albums and, and things that uh, will introduce you to music you might not have otherwise found. And so I, uh, and they also had a little section of books related to music. And one of the books was how to play the blues harp. And so I started reading this book about how to play it. I noticed that my brother didn't really have the ability to, to play it very well. So I, I thought, well, I can, I can maybe do better than him. And I started to learn how to play the instrument as it is supposed to be played by some of the, the guys I was listening to who, who played the, the blues harmonica. And after listening to that and reading a little bit, I started to discover my 13, 14 year old self that the music was not originally made by British blues artists. I mean, I kind of knew this, but then I found out who the original artists were, and it started to really open my eyes to this music and this incredibly soulful, meaningful, moving to me music. And so I started to hear the originals of this stuff and hear people like Muddy Waters and, and Little Walter and Elmore James and all these guys that just had this great blues sound. And I, I wanted to find out more about that and, and really immerse myself in it as much as I possibly could being, you know, just a 14 year old kid here in Chicago. But Chicago is kind of a great place for that. And I and some of my friends would go down on Sunday mornings to a place called Maxwell Street, which is down around, uh, no longer exists now, really down around Halstead and Roosevelt Roads. And you could go down there on a Sunday, and it was just this amazing open-air bazaar that was almost like a Moroccan open-air meeting place for people to buy and sell stuff. And the food was amazing. It was these Polish sausage and pork chop sandwiches that they would sell at a at, still sort of world famous now that you can see the Maxwell Street Polish. And go down there and walk around and see people buying and selling stuff. It was a place for relatively poor people to interact with each other and to sell things where and make a buck, more or less honestly, and have uh, an interesting interaction with people. I never, all the times I went down there, never saw a fight, never even really saw a serious argument. And it was just an amazing, amazing place. But probably the most amazing thing about it was the music. You would go down there and on several of the street corners, there would be somebody who had just set up shop, had talked one of the businesses into letting them plug in their amp and they would just start playing this most amazing, um, often blues music. 
through their, their little amps and play some electric guitar and some amplified blues harmonica and have a drum set set up. And they would play this and people would gather around, throw a few bucks into the hat and listen to this and get along with each other in a way that I thought was just amazing, really. You saw people of all sorts of different races, ethnicities, religions, I suppose, and would meet together and talk with each other and laugh and have a great time. And so this experience of uh, Maxwell Street to me was really eye-opening, and it introduced me to an even greater understanding of this blues music. And I was able to then go into their blues emporium there, one of which was a great big blue bus that was parked on the corner of Maxwell and Halstead and that I could go into, and it was, it was what it was called, was the blues bus, and it was a record store in an old school bus, and you would walk in, and there were cassette tapes, old albums, all sorts of things of, of these great blues artists that you could walk in there and just be introduced to this thing for the first time in, in my life, and there was also another at the end of the block around Peoria Street, there was a an old record store that would sell all these and had a, a great big speaker out front playing all this wonderful blues music that I was able to be introduced to. And so this allowed me to develop a real love for this music that has such a, like I said, a soulful, spiritual quality to it and that I could play, and that my friends and I could get together and play. I had a couple of friends who played guitars and, and drums, and we were not great, <laughs> but, but we had a lot of fun with it. And uh, as my dad said of us, you guys don't have much talent, but you sure got a lot of nerve, and so that's uh, uh, you're having some fun with, with that music, and that's kind of really what it's all about. And so we found our, our little niche of playing this sort of blues music, and being more and more interested, learning more about it, learning how to uh, play it and how to appreciate it and who all the great artists were, many, many who had Chicago connections. And so much so that when Chicago started having something called the Blues Festival in the summers, I would go religiously every year, often with my older brother, and, and we would go there and appreciate the music. And one year, I was waiting in line to get in to see this uh, this wonderful blues player called uh, Solomon Burke. And I was waiting there and saw this attractive woman standing a couple of steps in front of me. And I made a joke with a t-shirt vendor and she laughed at it. And I thought, well, now I really have to get to know this woman. She laughs at my jokes. And we started talking with each other, both realized we appreciated this music and how much we both loved it and understood it. And uh, that woman is now my wife. And, and uh, you know, that enabled me to make this strange connection, maybe, that these two little harmonicas that I discovered and just sort of following my interests, following my bliss, as it's called, were able to follow that up and eventually meet the love of my life and, and, and the woman that, that I uh, eventually married. And so uh, that's my story, how my two little harmonicas enabled me to, to meet my, uh, my wife and uh, make that all a part of my life. I love it, Ed. I love it. Listen, I know you for a million years, and I know that you've actually played that harmonica, or used to play it occasionally at Whitney Young when we used to teach there. So have you got a uh, 
harmonica nearby. I'd love to hear. I'd love I, to I, I do, in fact, have, have a uh, harmonica that I could play a little something. I could uh, improvise a little something called Blowing the Blues here. I would love it. Before I do that, I'm going to say goodbye to everybody. But we're going to end a little differently this week. We're going to end with you giving us a little bit of the blues. But I do want to thank you because I know the impact that it's happened because I know your wife and I know how, how long you've been married, by the way. We have been married 26 years now. All right. So that, those harmonicas definitely paid off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. I'm going to end this show with my good friend Ed Zedzik taking us out. Thanks again for being on the show, Ed.